Section forty one of the Life of Samuel Johnson, Volume One by James Boswell. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Rasselas, Anno Domini, seventeen fifty nine. Soon after this event, he wrote his Rasselas, Prince of Abyssinia. Footnote. Rasselas was published in two volumes duodecimo and was sold for five shillings. It was reviewed in the Gentleman's Magazine for April and was no doubt published in that month. In a letter to Miss Porter, dated March the 23rd, 1759, see Appendix, Johnson says, I am going to publish a little storybook, which I will send you when it is out. I may here remark that the Gentleman's Magazine was published at the end of the month or even later. Thus the number for April 1759 contains news as late as April the 30th. The name Rasselas Johnson got from Lobo's voyage to Abyssinia. On page 102 of that book he mentions Rasselas Christos, Lieutenant-General to Abyssinia, Sultan Segued. On page 262 he explains the meaning of the first part of the word. There is now a generalissimo established under the title of Ras, or Chief. The title still exists. Colonel Gordon mentions Ras Aria and Ras Alula. The Reverend W. West, in his introduction to Rasselas, page 31, Samson Lowe and Company, says, the word ras, which is common to the Amharic, Arabic, and Hebrew tongues, signifies a head, and hence a prince, chief, or captain. Sela Christos means either picture of Christ or for the sake of Christ. End of footnote. Rasselas, Prince of Abyssinia, concerning the publication of which Sir John Hawkins guesses, vaguely and idly, instead of having taken the trouble to inform himself with authentic precision. Not to trouble my readers with a repetition of the knight's reveries, I have to mention that the late Mr. Strawn, the printer, told me that Johnson wrote it, that with the profits he might defray the expense of his mother's funeral and pay some little debts which she had left. He told Sir Joshua Reynolds that he composed it in the evenings of one week, sent it to the press in portions as it was written, and had never since read it over. Footnote. See post, June the 2nd, 1781. Finding it then accidentally in a chaise with Mr. Boswell, he read it eagerly. This was doubtless long after his declaration to Sir Joshua Reynolds, Malone, end of footnote. Mr. Strawn, Mr. Johnston, and Mr. Dodsley purchased it for a hundred pounds, but afterwards paid him twenty-five pounds more when it came into second edition. Footnote. Baretti told Malone that Johnson insisted on part of the money being paid immediately, and accordingly received seventy pounds. Any other person with the degree of reputation he then possessed would have got four hundred pounds for that work, but he never understood the art of making the most of his productions. Prize Malone, page 160. 
some of the other circumstances there related by Beretti are not correct. End of footnote. Marcellus and Condide, Anno Domini, seventeen fifty nine. Considering the large sums which have been received for compilations and works requiring not much more genius than compilations, footnote, Hawkesworth received six thousand pounds for his revision of Cook's Voyages, post May the seventh, seventeen seventy three, footnote. We cannot but wonder at the very low price which he was content to receive for this admirable performance, which though he had written nothing else, would have rendered his name immortal in the world of literature. None of his writings has been so extensively diffused over Europe, for it has been translated into most, if not all, of the modern languages. This tale, with all the charms of oriental imagery and all the force and beauty of which the English language is capable, leads us through the most important scenes of human life, and shows us that this stage of our being is full of vanity and vexation of spirit. Footnote. Ecclesiastes, chapter 1, verse 14, end of footnote. To those who look no further than the present life, or who maintain that human nature has not fallen from the state in which it was created, the instruction of this sublime story will be of no avail. But they who think justly and feel with strong sensibility will listen with eagerness and admiration to its truth and wisdom. Voltaire's Condide, written to refute the system of optimism, which it has accomplished with brilliant success, is wonderfully similar in its plan and conduct to Johnson's Rasselas, insomuch that I have heard Johnson say that if they had not been published so closely one after the other that there was not time for imitation, it would have been in vain to deny that the scheme of that which came latest was taken from the other. Footnote. See Post, May the 16th, 1778. It should seem that Condide was published in the latter half of February 1759. Grimm, in his letter of March the 1st, speaks of its having just appeared. Monsieur de Voltaire vient de nous égayer par un petit roman. He does not mention it in his previous letter of February the 15th. Grimm, Literary Correspondence, 1829 edition. Johnson's letter to Miss Porter, quoted in the appendix, shows that Rasselas was written before March the 23rd, how much earlier cannot be known. Condide is in the May list of books in the Gentleman's Magazine, price two and sixpence, and with it two translations, each price one and sixpence. End of footnote. Though the proposition illustrated by both these works was the same, namely that in our present state there is more evil than good, the intention of the writers was very different. Voltaire, I am afraid, meant only by wanton profaneness to obtain a sportive victory over religion and to discredit the belief of a superintending providence. Johnson meant, by showing the unsatisfactory nature of things temporal, to direct the hopes of man to things eternal. 
Rasselas, as was observed to me by a very accomplished lady, may be considered as a more enlarged and more deeply philosophical discourse in prose upon the interesting truth which, in his vanity of human wishes, he had so successfully enforced in verse. The fund of thinking which this work contains is such that almost every sentence of it may furnish a subject of long meditation. I am not satisfied if a year passes without my having read it through, and that every perusal my admiration of the mind which produced it is so highly raised that I can scarcely believe that I had the honour of enjoying the intimacy of such a man. Apparitions, Aitart 50 I restrain myself from quoting passages from this excellent work, or even referring to them, because I should not know what to select, or rather what to omit. I shall, however, transcribe one, as it shows how well he could state the arguments of those who believe in the appearance of departed spirits, a doctrine which it is a mistake to suppose that he himself ever positively held. If all your fear be of apparitions, said the prince, I will promise you safety. There is no danger from the dead. He that is once buried will be seen no more. That the dead are seen no more, said Imlac, I will not undertake to maintain against the concurrent and unburied testimony of all ages and of all nations. There is no people, rude or learned, among whom apparitions of the dead are not related and believed. This opinion which prevails, footnote, in the original which perhaps prevails, Rasselas chapter 31, end of footnote, as far as human nature is diffused, could become universal only by its truth. Those that never heard of one another would not have agreed in a tale which nothing but experience can make credible. That it is doubted by single cavillers can very little weaken the general evidence, and some who deny it with their tongues confess it by their fears. Notwithstanding my high admiration of Rasselas, I will not maintain that the morbid melancholy in Johnson's constitution may not perhaps have made life appear to him more insipid and unhappy than it generally is. Footnote. This is the second time that Boswell puts morbid melancholy in quotation marks, ante page 63. Perhaps he refers to a passage in Hawkins's Johnson, page 287, where the author speaks of Johnson's melancholy as this morbid affection, as he was used to call it. End footnote. For I am sure that he had less enjoyment from it than I have, yet whatever additional shade his own particular sensations may have thrown on his representation of life, attentive observation and close inquiry have convinced me that there is too much of reality in the gloomy picture. The truth, however, is that we judge of the happiness and misery of life differently at different times, 
according to the state of our changeable frame. I always remember a remark made to me by a Turkish lady educated in France. Ma foi, monsieur, notre bonheur dépend de la façon que notre sang circule. This I have learned from a pretty hard course of experience, and would from sincere benevolence impress upon all who honour this book with a perusal, that until a steady conviction is obtained that the present life is an imperfect state and only a passage to a better, if we comply with the divine scheme of progressive improvement, and also that it is a part of the mysterious plan of providence, that intellectual beings must be made perfect through suffering footnote perfect through sufferings hebrews chapter two verse ten and a footnote there will be a continual recurrence of disappointment and uneasiness but if we walk with hope in the midday sun of revelation our temper and disposition will be such that the comforts and enjoyments in our way will be relished while we patiently support the inconveniences and pains after much speculation and various reasonings i acknowledge myself convinced of the truth of voltaire's conclusion après tout c'est un monde passable Footnote. perhaps the reference is to the conclusion of le monde comme il va il aller le monde comme il va car dit-il si tout n'est pas bien tout est passable End of footnote. live pleasant anno domini but we must not think too deeply where ignorance is bliss tis folly to be wise footnote. gray on a distant prospect of eton college End of footnote is in many respects more than poetically just. Let us cultivate, under the command of good principles, la théorie des sensations agréables, and as Mr. Burke once admirably counselled a grave and anxious gentleman, live pleasant. Footnote. Johnson, writing to Mrs. Thrale, said, Vivite laiti is one of the great rules of health. Piozzi letters. It was the motto of a bishop very eminent for his piety and good works in King Charles the Second's reign, In servi Deo et Laetare, serve God and be cheerful. Addison's Freeholder, number forty five in the footnote. The effect of Rasselas and of Johnson's other moral tales is thus beautifully illustrated by mr courtenay impressive truth in splendid fiction dressed checks the vain wish and calms the troubled breast o'er the dark mind a light celestial throws and soothes the angry passions to repose as oil effused looms and smooths the deep when round the bark the swelling surges sweep Footnote literary and moral character of dr johnson boswell and a footnote the idler pirated i type fifty 
it will be recollected that during all this year he carried on his idler footnote. this paper was in such high estimation before it was collected into volumes that it was seized on with avidity by various publishers of newspapers and magazines to enrich their publications johnson to put a stop to this unfair proceeding wrote for the universal chronicle the following advertisement in which there is perhaps more pomp of words than the occasion demanded london january the fifth seventeen fifty nine advertisement the proprietors of the paper entitled the idler having found that those essays are inserted in the newspapers and magazines with so little regard to justice or decency that the universal chronicle in which they first appear is not always mentioned think it necessary to declare to the publishers of those collections that however patiently they have hitherto endured these injuries made yet more injurious by contempt they have now determined to endure them no longer they have already seen essays for which a very large price is paid transferred with the most shameless rapacity into the weekly or monthly compilations and their right at least for the present alienated from them before they could themselves be said to enjoy it but they would not willingly be thought to want tenderness even for men by whom no tenderness hath been shown the past is without remedy and shall be without resentment but those who have been thus busy with their sickles in the fields of their neighbours are henceforward to take notice that the time of impunity is at an end whoever shall without our leave lay the hand of rapine upon our papers is to expect that we shall vindicate our due by the means which justice prescribes and which are warranted by the immemorial prescriptions of honourable trade we shall lay hold in our turn on their copies degrade them from the pomp of wide margin and diffuse typography contract them into a narrow space and sell them at an humble price yet not with a view of growing rich by confiscations for we think not much better of money got by punishment than by crimes we shall therefore when our losses are repaid give what profit shall remain to the magdalens for we know not who can be more properly taxed for the support of penitent prostitutes than prostitutes in whom there yet appears neither penitence nor shame Boswell, end of footnote. He carried on his idler, and no doubt was proceeding, though slowly, in his edition of Shakespeare. He, however, from that liberality which never failed when called upon to assist other labourers in literature, found time to translate for Mrs. Lennox's English version of Brumois a dissertation on the Greek comedy, Dagger, and the general conclusion of the book dagger an inquiry into the state of foreign countries was an object that seems at all times to have interested johnson 
hence mr newbury found no great difficulty in persuading him to write the introduction asterisk to a collection of voyages and travels published by him under the title of the world displayed the first volume of which appeared this year and the remaining volumes in subsequent years end of section forty one